0: Everyone, and welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Kay, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself.
1: My name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm an American double board certified psychiatrist.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning in to our episode last week where we talked about fentanyl. Hope you learned a thing or two. If there's still any questions, please feel free to message us, reach out. We'd love to talk to y'all and just continue the dialogue on some of the things we've been talking about. This week, we want to talk about. First, we want to acknowledge the event, the unfortunate event that happened over the Lunar New Year, the mass shooting that happened in Monterey Park. Um, our hearts go out to the families, the victims, everyone that was involved. It's very unfortunate and. Because of that, we wanted to dedicate an episode to address mass shootings, um, talk about, you know, maybe some coping mechanisms that victims, families of victims can incorporate into their lives, but then also talk about um, prevention of mass shootings. And I'd love to hand it off to my dad and just get his take on how common mass shootings are and why they happen and how we can prevent them from not happening in the future.
1: Well, as you know, this is a very tragic event that has, is, has been occurring too often in the United States in particular. And there's some characteristics of mass shooters the vast majority ninety eight percent are males so we do know quite a bit that most of these individuals at were abused as children and they had there's a possibly a substance abuse background uh parental suicide, and at least two thirds of them have a mental health uh background or illness.
0: And why would you say it's more often than not males that are mass shooters? Because you can one can argue that women, young girls go through similar abuse, similar traumas growing up. Um, so why is it that it's more often than not male shooters than female shooters?
1: You know what? I haven't seen anything that looks at that. Particular issue as to why it's male so male dominated. Uh, I don't. It's just hard to, to make any generalizations. I don't know if uh, women just have better coping skills, but there really isn't anything that will guide us as to why that's such an exclusive male uh, crime. It's and there's no other way of putting it.
0: I want to first talk about some coping mechanisms that victims can implement into their lives before we talk about prevention, because I know that is a big part of this whole thing. But if you have experienced trauma related to a mass shooting, what are some resources, what are some things that you can do to help ease that pain
1: well as you know there's a grieving process it's hard to come to grips with why such a tragedy would occur so it's important to reach out to bereavement groups because it's something that is going to be hard to understand hard to cope so it would be a good idea to reach out to bereavement counseling Uh, support groups those are the avenues that the the victims and the victims in the sense that uh, those that are the survivors of this have to those are the resources that are available to them
0: you know i almost feel like at this point, mass shootings are so common in the U.S. that there should almost be a dedicated national lifeline to that, sim- similar to how there is 988. I think at this point, there's a lot of people in the U.S. that have either been in a mass shooting or know someone that's been involved in one, and that's a scary reality to think of, Um Definitely, you know, I think it's been so normalized. I just saw something that said, like, there's been more mass shootings in the U.S. this year than there have been days. So I think that statistic alone is pretty alarming, considering, you know, the country that we live in, you would think we could do better as a society.
1: You're absolutely right, I think we should be doing better. A lot of the focus oftentimes goes to the, the perpetrators of violence. And unfortunately, this sort of uh, keeps it going. It perpetuates those that are inclined to uh, do a mass shooting. And It's been described that some of the dynamics that occur that these individuals are once again abused as children, they have a difficult upbringing, and initially have a lot of self-loathing. Uh, they're very withdrawn. At some point, though, the dynamic changes, and they become outward, and they're feeling that they're they're victims, and they need to blame someone. And they usually there's a significance to uh, they pick a spot or a time that's going to be symbolic. And their, their hope is to get notoriety and fame that they haven't had uh, in their lives. And, and so this is one of the ways of getting that, that sort of attention. So there's a community of, uh, of people that are like this and that, so they're in these dark chat rooms and we don't wanna make that a thing. So there's this organization called No Notoriety which emphasizes the victims and not the perpetrators of, of this uh, of, of these tragedies.
0: So would you say like that's part of the prevention in terms of like when there is a mass shooting, not putting emphasis on the person that did it and focusing on the victims and their family members? What else would help prevent scenarios like this? because it's so common now that there, there needs to be better ways to spot someone before they act on this impulse.
1: Well, we have, I think we need to have, let common sense guide us to a certain extent. We know that these individuals are troubled. They come from a, a, a difficult upbringing, and we know that many people that are abused as children, their parents were also abused as children. And so there has to be a this is like a, a cycle that keeps re- repeating itself. So we need to address that. We need to identify children that, are, that, are, that have been abused, that are going through emotional distress, and we need to address the mental health needs of America's children, because if we don't do that, they can grow up to have uh, these inclinations to kill other people. Um, So what I think we need to do is allocate resources to identifying children that are going through difficult times. And this is going to occur usually in the schools, um, coaches, teachers, uh, pediatricians. All those that, all those professionals that uh, work with kids, that deal with kids, that interact with kids, they need to be able to spot the children that are not doing well from an emotional or mental health perspective.
0: I wonder if there's been like interviews conducted with teachers from these schools where mass shootings have occurred, if after the fact, if. They ever notice that particular student was maybe withdrawn from others or withdrawn in class or not performing well. Like, I, I wonder if there, I'd be curious to know if teachers looking back can actually spot oh, there was this particular moment in my class or in the hallway that I noticed this student um, not doing well so i wonder if there's any like literature on that
1: what we do know is that 80% of kids that are involved in mass shootings that the perpetrators of, of violent acts they do tell their peers that they're going to do this so it's not like if they keep it to themselves so they i don't know if they tell their teachers and i don't and the peers are often reluctant to sort of snitch or tell on their on on this on this person who's making these threats. So what we do know also is that of late the threats have increased alarmingly and the school districts don't know what to do with these. They don't know how to respond. So of late that's really been a trend in the United States that a lot of kids are threatening to do mass shootings. That's another separate issue.
0: So I remember telling you this story when I was like a seventh grader, maybe. So this is probably 2011 or so. Um, obviously, mass shootings weren't that common yet at that point. But one of my classmates told me that... didn't. We, well, he didn't tell me. He said it under his breath at his desk. He said that... something along the lines of like sometimes I wish I could just shoot this place up something really like intense and at the time I knew that he's his dad was a cop a police officer so I knew he had access to a gun and I remember being really scared and I didn't say anything to him at the time but I think it was either the next day or that sometime that week, I ended up telling one of the male teachers that, oh, so-and-so made this comment during class and it really scared me. And immediately that teacher, he didn't make it obvious, but he took that student aside and had a chat with him. And I don't know the full details, but I know, I don't know. But long story short, he didn't shoot up the school. But I remember just hearing that, putting the dots together of like, oh, if he wanted to, he could realistically because of his dad's profession. And that was a very scary moment. And yeah, luckily, I never experienced anything else like that. But I can't imagine other students that may also be going through that. And as a 12-year-old, like, what do you say? How do you react?
1: Well, it was fortunate that you were able to reach out to one of the teachers Uh, A lot of kids have difficulties communicating with authority figures. But actually, one of the preventive measures that some of uh, the forensic uh, mental health professionals recommend, one of the things is that if uh, if there's a firearm in the home, that it should be in in a gun safe. It should not be that readily available. And then there's other things such as when people are in crisis, these are, of course, adults that they don't have access, That it's not that they can go to a store in the same day and buy a gun, that there should be sort of a lag period before, and that's to prevent those people that are in a crisis to act on their impulses and their emotions and purchase a gun and start shooting. So safeguarding the weapons, that's safe storage, is one of the strategies that can be employed to uh, prevent kids from Because they usually use one of their parents or their grandparents' weapons to uh, to do these these shootings.
0: Yeah, I mean, just now I'm thinking about like all the probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of guns that Americans own. And I mean, we live in California; it's not real. Guns were never popular in our community or that sort of thing. But I can't imagine all the guns that are just like. In households, easily accessible to someone that doesn't know how to cope properly or thinks this is the only option to finally get some attention. It's definitely scary. So I'm hoping that this could be the year that we finally see some gun reform, uh, stricter gun laws. I'm not saying that people don't. Own or have a right to a gun, but there definitely needs to be more stricter laws in place, screening people from getting access to them.
1: Well, there's a an expert. Her name is Jillian Peterson, who's been tracking mass shootings since 1966, and she has some very interesting findings and in a huge database for those that want to do research on this topic. She has made that database available uh, so that people can look into it and try to come up with different strategies to prevent this. So that's one source that people that have an interest in stopping this can, can readily access. Um, it, it though it does seem that because of the background in, uh, that, these, that these kids once again are troubled, they have emotional issues, that they're, if these issues are addressed when they're little, when they're young, when they're children, then hopefully that can prevent them from having to um, reach a time in their lives where they reach a crisis where they feel that the only way out is to to shoot uh, and kill others. So that's what I hope that we can open up a dialogue about that and start looking into this because it's a problem that's been growing with time. And so it's nothing that's going away. And the more we talk about it, the better off I think we'll be able to deal with it in the future.
0: That's going to wrap up this week's episode of 2020 Psych. I really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. As I said before, if you would like us to cover a topic or hash out a topic we've already covered, we're more than happy to do that. But thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day wherever you are.